Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. And this time we will be talking about Highlander 2. The hypothetical sequel <laughs> to Highlander the movie. The the hypothetical Is it prequel. hypothetical? Is it... It's the, not canon. It's not canon. <laughs> it's no. absolutely not canon. No. No. They might as well have just called it Highlander 2, The Search for More Money. It's fan fiction. <laughs> it's not even fan fiction because I think whoever wrote and filmed Highlander 2 had never seen Highlander 1. I agree. They I were agree. like, I think they're immortal or something. There's something about they don't die. And they might. there might be swords and the one guy has... Like a Japanese sword, maybe. I don't, I'm not really clear. He must be Japanese, right? Yeah. It, I, long, I don't know. It, it, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just make a movie. It's okay. Everyone will love it. They improbably loved the first one. So they'll probably, improbably love the second one too. This movie is wild. Pretty much the entire time we were watching the movie, <laughs> it was continuously, wait. How does that make sense Wait, with reference to the hang first on. movie? The, but I thought, and finally Matt goes, listen, it's not going to make sense. It's not supposed it's to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. And we'll get into why. But first, hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. So we did Highlander. It was one of our first episodes and it was like two in the morning and we were a little bit drunk. A lot of it. A lot of it drunk. And it is one of our funniest episodes, um, but the audio quality just sucks. But I'm never going to re-record it because it's just, it's sincere gold. So we're just going to leave it. But I thought, let's go ahead and do Highlander 2 as a sci-fi. So this is our sci-fi movie. Because in the original cut, they're from another planet. What? The planet Zeist. Yes, there are two versions of this movie. Yes, there's. we watched the Renegade version, which is the one the director edited and re-released. After the director got back some creative control over the movie because yeah. that was a whole controversy apparently basically he scraped the shit off the bottom of his shoe and uh attempted to make mold it... it into the shape of a a movie that was semi worth watching but shockingly even if you make a sculpture out of shit at the end it's still just shit <laughs> <laughs> which is why i love this movie and matt i said Matt, have you watched this movie? And he goes, yeah, I watched it one time and then forgot about it like every other sane person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but you know why I love this movie? Because it, you know, okay, so I read some trivia about this movie and it turns out that everyone in it knew it was terrible 
and knew it was shit, but they were all contractually obligated to still be in it. And the money was decent. And somehow that makes it so much better. It really explains every little knowing smile. So it occurred to me today that this entire movie is a product of to- toxic positivity. Right? Okay. Keep so going. <laughs> they really thought if they just made a movie with a somewhat related premise. Hey, some of the characters have the same names. That's exactly what I was going to say. Some of the characters are named the same. That it'll all work out. It'll be fine. If we just put positive vibes into the universe, people will come to our movie. And every single Except person... Except this was like a toxic positivity gaslight of the universe. Wait, wait, though. Because everybody in this movie thinks they're the one that's winning. The entire movie. The bad guy yes. thinks they're yeah. winning the entire movie. McCloud always has this little smile, like everything's going his way. The main female character, Louise, played by Virginia Madsen, also thinks everything's going her way. Everybody in this movie is winning the entire movie. Up until they get their heads cut off graphically over and over and over again. Or thrown out a window. Yeah. So we open with uh, my favorite thing. You know how my feelings about this. About the text overlay. Yeah. We always, the, the opening exposition text. If your movie is so unclear, it requires footnotes at the very beginning. Take a step back, reevaluate your plot and how you're presenting everything, and then try again. <laughs> but it's okay. It's basically... Um, the polar ice caps have melted, except Waterworld won't come out for another four years. This movie was released in 1991. And so we're at the height of like, oh shit, guys, I think there's a hole in the ozone layer. And that's no bueno. <clears throat> and to be honest, I actually don't have a lot of knowledge about the hole in the ozone layer because <laughs> my science textbook when I was homeschooled was um, Christian based. And the entire book was basically like, you know, those problems that the mainstream media is trying to tell you are problems. They're not problems. God will take care of There's it. a whole, there was a whole chapter on how secondhand smoke was not bad for you. Wow. Yes. Um, so for a long time I was like, well, why is everybody mad about that? It's not bad for me. And then I reread it as an adult and I was like, oh, this is just, this is not right. I know Rachel gave me one of her homeschool physics textbooks that's the same one. Oh, that's yeah. the same one yeah and they talked yeah. about they talk about the the hole in the ozone layer and they're basically like no there's this special storm that happens over the south pole that whisks like air molecules up into the atmosphere and it creates a thinner section of the ozone layer and that just happens naturally and it's fine and these like chlorofluorocarbons or whatever these cfcs that everybody's so mad about i mean they make really great hairspray do you want your hair to be out of place and they were really good at being a fire retardant people are gonna die because we don't have any more and they're a good refrigerant (laughs) it was like anyway um but this was kind of when we were all like oh yeah so the things that we do directly affect the environment that's wild And so you get this movie, you get Waterworld, you get quite a few of these. And Waterworld was what, 96? 95, I think. 95. Yeah, so the polar ice caps have melted and the world's covered in water. 
there's not enough water in the polar ice caps for that to happen, but that's okay. And we just sort of, we, we were confronting these things in the way that, you know, humans confront things, which is through story. I don't think they're trying to teach us anything in this movie, except um, <laughs> except that Christopher Lambert looks better with long hair than he did with short, maybe. And I feel like they bought all of these wigs at like a surplus store because everyone is wearing the same wig. They yeah, all it's have like the four same copies hairline. Of the same wig. Yeah. Even Sean Connery has effectively the same hairstyle. His hair is longer than when he died. Oh. Did you guys know that? Sean Connery comes back. Remember bum, how bum, bum. Remember how he died in the first one? Fuck that noise. He didn't die. Oh, he did die. He did die. But it's okay because... He the, got better. He got better through the power of friendship. And I was reading that, really, it's because Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery had gotten to be such good friends that he said he wouldn't be in the movie if they couldn't get Sean Connery back. And so he literally was brought back by the power of friendship. Just Christopher Lambert's friendship, not Connor McLeod's friendship. But also Connor McLeod's friendship. Well. Yeah. But Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez is the only character that Sean Connery has played twice. Or more than once. More than once. Besides James Bond. His only recurring character. Besides James Bond. Yes. And when they bring him back, he comes back in Scotland. And every time he's doing stuff, they play like Scottish bagpipe music. But he's supposed to be Egyptian. Did we forget that? (laughs) And his name is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. (laughs) They didn't forget it. They selectively ignored it. They're like... Just like every other piece of the mythology of this story. I feel like the tagline should have been, remember Highlander 1? Well, fuck that noise. We don't care about that. (laughs) Or how about this? Remember (laughs) Highlander 1? We don't. (laughs) We We just made a new story. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the ozone layer has gone. It poofed or whatever. All the way. Yeah. We couldn't get over how bad hairspray was without chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs. So we decided, eh, we'll just let that let that little thing go. And a bunch of people died, including Brenda. Aw. I know. She got burnt to death by solar radiation. Which, wouldn't it suck to be immortal? You live for like 500 years. You live through the entirety of the fuck around period. And then you become mortal for the find out section. That would suck. Yeah. But in 1999, Connor McLeod and a couple other dudes figured out how to replace the ozone layer with an electromagnetic shield that goes all the way around the earth. Woo! Called the shield. And it's always portrayed like, so he goes to visit his friend and he also in his own apartment has a globe with this plastic sphere around it, which is the shield. And the way that it shows it there, it looks like it's, I don't know, ozone layer level, like in the upper atmosphere. And yet, when we go up there, like, you have to go above the shield. You have to go above the shield. And I was like, To verify the radiation levels. Yeah. And I was like, oh, are we going to, like, steal a spaceship? Or something? How are we going to do? Do we do we have space travel? No, no, no. It's fine. You just climb to the top of a really high mountain, and that's perfectly fine. That that's above the shield. It's not consistent. 
<laughs> I think that it's would be asking too much to for this movie. All right, so tell me your feelings. I, I want to hear from you. We sat through this movie last night, and Matt goes, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to um, make it. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> Rachel wanted to watch both versions. I know. And Matt's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, and I tried to entice you into this with the promise of a sex scene, and there wasn't even a sex scene. I don't know why I like Rachel kept myself. remembering this graphic sex scene. Yeah. Must be from a later Highlander movie. We just get like against the wall. Because <laughs> it's not even obvious to me <laughs> that it's a sex scene because I. Oh, they don't get clothes out of the way. Well, he moves her skirt up, but yeah, on one side. Yeah, I, I don't know. But <laughs> so Christopher Lambert reprises his role as Connor McLeod. Sean Connery comes back as Ramirez, and then Virginia Madsen is Louise, and she's like a terrorist. Who's she's not really an a eco activist. An eco activist. Yes, yeah, she's trying to figure out if we still need the shield because the world is um, ending. With the shield in place. Because it's been up for 25 years. So the year is 2024. And we've had the shield up since 1999. So no one's seen the sky. No one's felt rain. No one has seen the sun in 25 years. So an entire generation of people have been born under the shield. And the bad guy's name is Katana. And he doesn't even have a katana. He doesn't even have a katana. And he's played by Michael Ironside. And I just want to read this quote from Michael Ironside about his part in this movie. Okay. Are you ready? hmm Yeah, listen, I hated that script. We all did. Me, Sean, Chris. We all were in it for the money on this one. I mean, it read as if it had been written by a 13-year-old boy. But I'd never played a barbarian swordsman before. And this was my first big evil mastermind type. I figured if I was going to do this stupid movie, I might as well have fun and go as far over the top as I possibly could. All that eye rolling and foaming at the mouth was me deciding that if I was going to be in a piece of shit like that movie, I was going to be the most memorable fucking thing in it. And I think I succeeded. I would say that, yeah, he succeeded in his attempt to be the most over the top character. Yeah. So if I had to summarize this movie in just a couple of sentences, it would be guy is old, guy's not old anymore, guy has a couple of sword fights in random locations, guy takes down the shield, saves the world. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Because when we start, Connor McLeod is old because he won the prize and the prize was mortality. Mortality. Anyway, we'll just Although he it. doesn't have telepathy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he can't. I don't know. You know what? Because remember the first Highlander movie? <laughs> we don't either. Okay. So he he's old. And then we kind of zoom into what in one version is the past. And in another version is the planet Zeist. <laughs> and and they're... he's starting to have memories of this other place slash time right because up until this point he'd forgotten about it i guess which is why we didn't know anything about it in the first movie because everybody just collectively forgot all about it but on the planet zeist we get kind of a flashback about how ramirez and connor mcleod were bonded on this planet and they were part of this rebel group trying to overthrow the government 
And so they got banished, punished by being either sent to Earth or sent to the far future where they would be immortal and get to live in like an immortal life as punishment for. So instead of being humans that were born and grew up on Earth and became immortals, they were teleported to Earth and became immortals when they got to Earth. Yeah. Spread out in time. Yes. Because they're, I don't, I don't know if that was intentional or how intentional that was, or if their machine is just not reliably accurate in the time sense, but then later on it is very accurate. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> Again, they forgot about sense. Zeist slash the past. Yeah. And fully became their right and their human selves on earth they're compelled to find each other and kill each other so that they can win the prize and the prize is either to grow old and die or, or go back home or go back home whether that's the past or the planet zeist which i feel like if these people are really just being banished to another place why give them a mechanism to come back if you don't ever, if you never want them to come back, don't give them the option. But you can tell them, oh yeah, if you win, if you win the gathering or whatever, win the prize, yeah. you get to come back. Well, then you have the last one standing that's killed everybody else. And they're like, okay, yeah, I get to go home. How do I get home? Right. You don't just don't right? get, you can just abandon them there, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about it's, it. I mean, you're an evil overlord. What are you? You don't have to follow through <laughs> on your promises. It's fine. But Connor McLeod is old, and I remember this old makeup being way worse than we watched it this time. Me and too. I was like, you know what? That's not. It's not horrific. When we were talking about it before we started watching it, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'd, the main thing I remember about this movie is how bad his old makeup is. Yeah, probably. But it's actually fine. Probably what you're remembering is how bad Christopher Lambert's old voice is. He's like, yes. I'm really old. <laughs> it's like the only thing he, the only way he knew to portray an old person's yeah. voice. <laughs> and he keeps making Was to be really cracks. quiet. Like the one lady asks him, what, did some, somebody die or something? And he goes, unfortunately not. <laughs> it's so bad and it really goes on for two he's young he's old for too long because you're just like stop how did he even achieve that voice did they have to do some kind of modulation for him because he had to be like um they must have just turned the volume down I don't know, but you know when Andy Zirkus was Gollum and they had to make him like the special Gollum juice for his yeah. throat? Yeah, I feel like he probably needed that because he's got some pretty long li- lines and the whole line is delivered like this. Yeah, the super <laughs> raspy voice. Yeah, yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, so they're like watching him from Zeist or the past, whatever. I'm just going to say Zeist from here on out. Um, they're watching Zeist him. Is- the, either the name of the city in the past or on the other planet. Yeah. So they're watching him from Zeist on this little holographic screen thing. And they're like, oh, he's really old, but he's not dead. Oh, he hasn't made his choice yet. He can still choose to come back. And if he does that, then we're all dead because we literally sent this guy off and gave him 500 years of combat experience. 
Maybe we should have thought that through. I don't know. I don't know. And so the bad guy, Katana, decides, well, the, the best possible solution here is to send some assassins to go ahead and kill him. And his assassin's like, he's really old. He'll be dead in like a week. What, what's the problem? Why are we... Who cares? And my, <laughs> my observation here was, if they're trying to like stop him from coming back, why don't they just fast forward their viewer and find out, oh, let's just keep fast forwarding until he disappears from the future. Yeah. And we'll find out if he teleports away, meaning he came back here, or he dies, in which case we don't have to worry about it. We just say, turn up the speed. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they are capable of transporting people to the future. To so... An- to an it, arbitrary point in the future. It makes more sense if it's the planet Zeist in that case, because the planet time would be passing the same on planet Zeist and um And what they Earth. just transported them into the past, but they're only ever watching so Earth if it's, in real time. If it's the version where it's Zeist, there there's no pa- there's no time travel. There's just location travel. You're either on Zeist or you're on Earth. But if it's the one where it's but like time travel. But Connor still lived for, what, like 600 years? Because in the original version, okay, in the original version of the script, one day on Zeist is equal to 100 years on Earth. So, <laughs> so for Katana, it's a been week. a week? It's been a week. He's like, why isn't he dead yet? <laughs> But then Ramirez is like a thousand years older. You are trying to make sense out of this. And they got teleported at the same time. Look, honey, this movie is a square peg and the whole world is round holes. It ain't fitting anywhere. Okay. (laughs) It's just not going to work. You can't make this work. You can't. That's the problem with this movie. Roger Ebert said this was the worst movie of 1991. Nice. It's. It's a good accurate. accolade. Yeah. yeah. I imagine if we had the Raz Awards or the like the bad movie awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would have so finally won some awards, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Um, so these assassins get sent anyway, even though they're like, uh, he's old. He's clearly just gonna die there. Can we just let him die there? And they're like, No, we have to make sure he dies there. And so they send the assassins, which means he's no longer the only immortal guy. Which means he no longer has the prize, which means he's no longer old. So he accidentally kills one by like making it fall underneath a train. And it gets really graphically decapitated. Right. It's gross. Ugh. And then he gets the quickening, of course, naturally. And, and boom, he's hot. Yeah. And then he walks out of the flames. <laughs> and the Louise, the eco terrorist, is like, well, hello. <laughs> What happened here? Because she had come to find McLeod because McLeod was, you know, instrumental in putting the shield up. So everybody and thinks... And maybe he knows a way to take the shield down. Yeah, everybody thinks... Maybe, even though he's no longer associated with the shield company. Um, So that's why she had come to see him. But yeah, he was like, fuck off. I'm old. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then as soon as he's hot, she's like, I don't care if he doesn't give a shit. 
he's real, real hot. And he's like, I give a shit now because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm young and I can care again. And now, now that I'm going to be here for a while, I care about the future. Right. It's <laughs> effectively what it comes across. I, I only cared about the state of the planet for the duration that I was going to be on the planet. Yeah. And so even though we sent two assassins, they attack him one at a time. Because that's just the rules. I mean, it is actually the rules. They're not supposed to gang up on each other. Um, if this was a a sane Highlander universe, I don't think that that's why we did this. But it doesn't really matter. Because then the second guy is like, oh, shit. And he, like, deploys some wings and flies slowly off. And so Connor McLeod literally walks over and hops on their hoverboard. And then we have a hoverboard flight chase. And now the the assassin puts his gun away and pulls out a sword. Right. They had the a gun that can blow up cars. Yes. Well, it didn't hurt him. Remember, she shot him and it didn't even put a hole in his jacket. But you could I don't know, shoot the ground underneath him or shoot the <laughs> stuff above him and have it fall down on no, him. Not going to work. I'm <laughs> anyway. sorry. It's, but this scene where they're flying around is like 45 minutes long. It's just like <laughs> for so long. So long. And he picked up the other guy's sword. So they're just flying at each other and like clanging swords and shit happens. And then he ends up cutting the other guy's head off with a like a string. He pulls like a, a wire trap. Oh, yeah. And the guy runs into it and it doesn't even hit him in the neck. It hits him in like the chin and it still manages to pop his head off. I guess that's like. Uh, anyway. It's fine. It, it uh. And then he like flies into an electrical box and gets fried. And then we get the quickening. And during the quickening, he calls out Ramirez's name. And, and that, the quickening flies up into the atmosphere, yep. bounces off the shield, and lands in Scotland. And it's Duh. Ramirez. And he appears on a stage while somebody is performing Shakespeare. And immediately takes over the, the stage. And everybody loves him. And they cheer when he leaves. And he's like, ah, it's good to be back. Yep. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Why Scotland? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. I, again, we're trying to, our rational brains are trying to make this rational, and it's just not rational. Because then he immediately goes to Connor McLeod, like he knows where Connor McLeod is. They can sense each other After, through the power of friendship. Through the power of friendship. And he ends up going and getting a suit, and he gives this guy his pearl earring, which is in no way worth as much as this custom tailored suit is worth. He just takes his earring off and hands it to him. And the guy's like, whatever you say, sir. Maybe. Maybe. All of the animals that produce pearls have died off. Ooh. 20 years ago. Ooh. And so now. There you go. They just didn't explain that in the you, backstory. You cracked the code, sir. There you go. Okay. I made one small piece of this movie. It makes sense in my head. <laughs> but this does give us the absolute highlight of the movie, which is Ramirez on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I told Rachel while we were watching it, the safety video yes. when he's on the plane <laughs> makes this movie worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's screaming. And like yeah, the, passing the satirical into their oxygen masks. Yeah. 
airline safety video. Yeah. And it ends with a plane crashing into the mountain. Yes. And blowing up. Yes. Yes. While they're getting ready for like a water landing, everybody's putting on their life jackets and stuff. And then they just crash into the mountain and explode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that initially the woman next to him is combative. And then by the end of it, he's charmed her is. You can tell Sean Connery enjoyed Sean Connery did nine days of work for this movie. Yep. And he made $3.5 million. Wow. All of which he donated to charity. Because he was like, this is blood money. I can't keep this. (laughs) I can't keep this. Apparently, Christopher Lambert got scammed and lost all of the money he made on this movie. Because it was filmed in Argentina, which is credited with most of the problems. Because they... They planned to film it in Argentina, and while they were getting everything set up, Argentina ended up getting a particularly corrupt government, Mm. and so it just snowballed. Their insurance company was not confident that it was going to make money, so they ended up taking over creative control of the movie to try to make a movie that would make money. Right. The insurance company. Like, who? Oh, hey, uh, Jeff over there. He... I've heard he he makes some amateur movies. Yeah. Uh, he can go take over this project. He's got some great ideas. We should bring him in. We should bring him in. And we should take that. What's his name? The director guy? Just get him. Go on. He's gone. They, we don't want him here anymore. No way. In fact, he was so angry. The director was so angry. He walked out of the premiere after 15 minutes because he was like, wow. this is shit. He tried to get the name changed to Alan Smithy. Which is a thing you do in the film industry yeah. when you feel like the the movie isn't, you don't want the movie to tarnish your reputation as a director. You can, um, I don't know, like request to the, the guild or whatever yeah. to um, have Alan Smithy put in yeah. a non-existent person. Yeah. And then there's still a credit for the director and everybody knows, oh, okay. The director felt that, you know. This wasn't reflective of their creative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't let him because they said that constituted an attack on the movie. Yeah. The insurance company wouldn't yeah. let him. And then the rest of the movie as much. By denouncing it. <laughs> by taking yeah. his name off of it. That was an attack on the movie. <laughs> and it was going to reduce the <laughs> amount of money they made. Right. Uh, I don't think anything anybody could have done would have made this movie less appetizing (laughs) appetizing well we get like the only little tiny maybe baby bit of a sex scene that we are gonna get in this movie right here because she's so turned on by the fact that he just decapitated two dudes and is now inexplicably young that they like grind against the wall they grind against the wall yeah Yeah. and we get some like open mouth head back i mean it's been a while he was like 80 so he was just like oh i couldn't handle it couldn't hold it in i guess i don't know (laughs) and then she just sort of lives at his house for the rest of the movie every time you see her she's in the house with different clothes on and ramirez comes and like finds him at his house and she's there and I think she only leaves the house again when they're going to go above the shield. So, yeah, yeah, she just sort of was like, I'm going to only exist in context with the male of this movie now. And then she just, I don't know, 
She went from being this cool eco terrorist to like his live in, live in. I wanted to say fuck buddy, but I couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> I was like, come on. That was like, come is, on, brain. Isn't that There's a gotta trope? be uh, live in fuck buddy. No, the where the woman loses all agency as soon as she hooks up with the. Is it a trope male. or is it just what happens in every movie? Uh, I think, isn't that the definition of a trope? <laughs> yeah, but can it be a trope if it's just what always happens? And then it doesn't just... always happen. Okay. Well, it's she's not the manic pixie dream girl. Because, I don't know, unless eco-terrorist makes her a manic pixie dream girl. I don't know. She goes from having a bunch of friends that like scuba dive into this place with her, which is one of the funnier scenes because they're scuba diving and they hear somebody jump in the water and the guy's like, what oh, was yeah, that? The security guard. The security guard's like, what was that? And the one guy goes, I heard something. Call, it's a um, fish. Calls it into security. And security's just like, it's a fish. It's a fish. fish it's a lake. Fish live in the lake. Fish live in the lake. <laughs> okay. And it's like, okay, it was a big fucking fish. All right. And so they just swim in, get out. And they, like, get a readout that says the air above the shield is fine. But apparently we have to go and confirm this. Okay. So the, here's what I was going to say. After the part where he becomes young, whatever small amount of sense this movie may have been trying to make, it's just like, fuck it. You're here for sword fights and you're here for um, Violence, I guess. So we're just going to have that from here on out because Katana is like, well, if you want a thing done, you got to do it yourself. And so he comes from the past or from Zeist or whatever, and he appears on a subway train and he ends up breaking into the front of the subway train, taking over the driver and going like 600 miles an hour in a regular subway. If, if that readout is the speed then yes they're going 600 of something <laughs> some unit of speed <laughs> when they were going fast before and they were going like 70 yeah okay uh i don't know thought what else could that be maybe that's just the like power output into the motors it's and the only dial. There's no other information. It's a blank a blank desk with one little square on it that has three digits. Right. And there's <laughs> and a, a dial wheel. that you turn. And a wheel. Oh. And you just turn the wheel to make the numbers go up. So I'm guessing it's the <laughs> speed. And so he cranks well, it up. Okay, okay. The reason okay. the reason I make the distinction about is it the power being put into the motors or the speed? Because the speed the faster you go, the more air resistance you get as an exponential function. So you can't just linearly increase your speed from 60 to 600 because the power output has to ramp up exponentially. But if you are linearly increasing your power output into the motor, then you get like a logarithmic speed where you get up to some speed and then air resistance is increasing as fast as your power output increases. And so then it kind of makes sense that you're not like going the speed of sound in an enclosed tunnel with turns and everything. Did you just reuse the words makes sense in your sentence? 
because I feel like I need a button that's just like, whoop, nope, you've gone back to rationality. Come back to Highlander 2. Come back. Come back. It should at least try to make sense within like a few minute segment of the movie. Does it try Uh, to make sense? Things that happen in there should make sense. Yeah. Okay, well, something happens. He takes over the subway train. Drives it real fast. He drives it to the point that it's out of control. And it's like electrifying people as it rides by. It's knocking people over. Everyone inside is screaming. Everyone is dying. People are getting thrown to the back of the train cars. Including the baby in the carriage. Yeah. Shit's gone down. People are falling through the windows. Blood... Blood vessels are bursting. Noses are... (laughs) (laughs) It's graphic. It's graphic. And it goes on. You thought the hoverboard scene was long. Well, this is even longer. And somehow he just hits a wall and goes through the wall. At like 10 miles an hour. And then gets out of the train car and is like, well, that was fun. What? Why did it get hit a wall anyway? Why did the train go to the wall? Why did the track go to the wall? It was out of control. Yeah, but it still has to stay on the track. Uh, it can't like tunnel like a mole just because it's going 600 miles an hour. Hold on. Are you trying to make this movie make sense? <laughs> See, we need a button. <laughs> we need a button. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Bring it back. Bring it back to Highlander 2. Anyway, so for so some reason, this underground train dead ends in a wall. I guess if it traveled like one track that went back and forth, there's a. it would eventually hit. It has an end. Yeah, it doesn't. Not yeah. everything goes in a loop. I guess. Uh, anyway, he kills everybody on this train and then he just hops off like, oh, it's going to be a good day. And then he gets in a taxi because he just traveled way out of his way. I don't know. He just he got so taxi. caught up in the moment. He missed his exit. <sighs> I don't know. He passed his Why turn. does everybody know where McLeod lives? Because he Th- takes- Maybe they can all sense each other. I don't know. He's like, you know what? I think he lives in the building with the giant dude holding a sword out in front of it. That's probably where he lives. So it's yeah. just an educated guess, I guess. And in the meantime, McLeod is like investigating on behalf of the woman who used to be a real person, but then he fucked her and now she just lives in his house. So he goes to this shield company and he talks to his friend, Alan. His old friend, Alan. His old friend, Alan. Alan. And he's like, oh, have you been working out? <laughs> He goes from being like 80 years old to being this hot young stud muffin again. And they're all like, oh, you, you look good. Did you get work done? Nobody questions it. Nobody. Even the woman that watched it happen is like, so what you're saying is you're immortal? And he's like, yes. And she's like, oh, cool. That's okay. That's hot. That's cool. Anyway. I take that. It's fine. Let's go on. And so he's talking to his friend. And that's when his friend starts typing on the computer because... He's being listened to. And so he tells him that the ozone's, the ozone's back and everything's cool. We could take the shield down anytime now and it'd be fine. But this is software as a service. This is a shield that everyone's paying a subscription to have. And so it's big business. And the shield doesn't, the shield company doesn't want it taken down. And the guy who's in charge of it is John C. McGinley. And he's the bad guy from Scrub, not the bad guy, but the like overbearing senior the doctor from Scrubs. From Scrubs, <laughs> he can't unsee. He's the exact same character <laughs> in Scrubs <laughs> and this movie, <laughs> except a little bit more violent, like slightly. Yeah. If that character had been born 
in this world, this is who they would have been. <laughs> this is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you're just like, oh, I want to watch Scrubs now. <laughs> the whole time. Uh, but he ends up, t- he gives him two coordinates. He gives him latitude. He gives or, him and degrees and minutes. Yeah. Of a latitude. But he doesn't give him a longitude. Yeah, he doesn't give him the third coordinate. Because they get interrupted or whatever. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Because the guy walks in. Yeah. And even he's like, oh, hey, McLeod, you look good. No, he doesn't even mention it at all. I was like, is anybody going to ask about why this guy is young again? And Matt goes, it's dim. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's dark here. It's dark. The it's shield dark. is blocking all the light. <laughs> and there's bar- all the natural light is being blocked. Yeah. And they barely have any light on the inside the room. Right. And so then this is, you know, Ramirez comes back. I, I, like I said, this is where everything sort of just goes off the rails. We have like a sword fight in a giant empty building. I don't even know. They just both arrive at this building and then they fight in it. And then they leave. Nobody wins. Nobody loses. Everybody thinks they won because this movie is a product of toxic positivity. And so they both leave for some reason. And and then we have some plot stuff that kind of happens. And then Ramirez shows up and they end up breaking in to this maximum security prison where they have thrown McLeod's friend for helping McLeod. And the security, the maximum security prison is called Max. 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 And so they end up with these jackets on that say Max across the back for the next, I don't know. This movie's approximately 15 hours long. So for the next three hours or so, they're wearing the Max jackets and so they get in with the help of ramirez because they do this thing where they drive up which okay side note why is every car in this movie old it's like they were trying to say we're gonna end up like cuba because for a while with all the trade embargoes all the like cars and things in cuba were old and so you get a lot of like images of cuba look almost out of time because they haven't had new imports in so long we have all these 50s and 60s vehicles and that's what right. we have or they're driving like a 60s car it's supposed Maybe to be 2024 i don't know but they drive up and they make a joke they're like hey man first time in the desert which way to vegas <laughs> and the guard is like that's it we're gonna get you guys turned around so they just floor it and drive through and they get like shot up by a machine gun <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it's so another group of machine guns another 45 minute long scene where we're just watching sean connery and christopher lambert get shot and they end up like falling out of the car and then they open the trunk and even though they have been firing at this vehicle with machine guns the trunk is unharmed completely unharmed Woo. because louise is in there and they take her out Maybe and they they lined the inside. Uh, yeah, it didn't, I'm not even not, gonna try. Nope. And so, for some reason, they're like, "Oh, hi, hot lady. Oh, you're probably fine. We'll take you down to the infirmary." And so they take her to the infirmary to go get her checked out, I guess, instead of just kicking her out. Uh, they don't even question why this woman's in the trunk. They're just like, <laughs> plus earlier on the TV they showed her picture, so everybody knows what she looks like. She should. They should have like a flyer that's like, if you see this woman bring her to us right. immediately right like here's 
the top 10 most wanted people in the country. Right. Just all over the place. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And so they're in the infirmary and they brought the two bodies in and they're like on gurneys. And she's like, oh, my God, are they going to be okay? And the guy goes, no, they each got shot like a hundred times. <laughs> and Christopher Lambert sits up and he's like, 108. 108. <laughs> Sean Connery's like, 112 for me. And he's like, what? No, you didn't. He's like, You're <laughs> counting that as a that scratch. He's like, they ruined my suit. <laughs> oh. and, and this is Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery just having Just fun. shooting the- Everybody knows this movie is shit, and they are just there for the check, so they do not care. Virginia Madsen, who plays Louise, was even like, I only took this part because I wanted to go to Argentina, and I wanted to meet Sean Connery. I had no other aspirations for this role. (laughs) So check, check. Good job, woman. Uh, So they end up, this is how they get in. I don't know. So they end up in this room that has a big fan and the fan is spinning and lowering at the same time so they can't possibly escape this it has to decapitate them why does this room exist what's the purpose of this room (laughs) they could have just laid flat like a giant food processor (laughs) exactly they could have just laid flat Right, because the spike in the middle is sticking out farther than their bodies are thick. Yes. So they could have just laid down on the floor and it would be like maybe. Or even if it chopped off some skin in the back or something. As long as it doesn't decapitate you, you're going to be fine. Well, except for. um, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. The woman. Plenty of fish in the sea, plenty of fish in the lake. Her hair might get caught in it or something. Well, Sean Connery saves them. By summoning all of the potential of his life all at one time in one moment. (laughs) And he has this like, I I don't even know what you want to call it. This like inspirational speech that he gives. He's like, most people just let their life force drip away. (laughs) But if you could could summon it all, all at once in one moment and use it, imagine what you could achieve. And he like stops the fan (laughs) (laughs) he holds up his hand and he has this like glowing ball in his hand and i start going (laughs) 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 that's why i think we should have recorded it because it was so well timed that's like And his body disappears. No, he's like holding it up and he looks over because they've walked through this door, which is now magically open. They could have just walked out that door. The fan was like 15 feet up when it started. They could have just gone like, oh, crap, a fan. And then just walked out through the door that was open. Whatever. So they're standing in the open door, which is now open. And they're like, thank you, Ramirez. Ramirez could have been like, move out of the way. I'm going to run. I'm going to run and dive through the door. Dive through the door. He could Whatever. have survived. Except he used the entire potential of his life all in that moment. So the rest of his life was just going to suck. Yeah. He was just he had no be tired potential and boring. Left. Yeah. He was just going to go. He was going to get a paunch. He was going to drink Pap's Blue Ribbon. He was going to sit in an easy chair and he was going to watch sports for the rest of his life. He was like, that can't be me. I'm sorry. I'd rather get chopped up by this fan. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. If that's you, that wasn't a commentary. Perhaps that's the potential that you wanted for your life. I'm just saying that's not Ramirez. So <laughs> from here, I don't know. They leave. They get in this van. And they drive at, off. At some... Okay. I don't <laughs> remember them actually going and talking to Alan. Yeah. They do. But they do. They do. Apparently. It's like two seconds. They run in. He's like dirty and he's laying against the wall and they roll him over and he's like, the latitude is... Blah. And then he dies and then they're like, got it, great. And they just leave. Okay. <laughs> and then they're fleeing. It's really... It's like 10 seconds. Okay. And it's it's sandwiched between the getting shot up in the classic car and the stopping the fan scene. So. <laughs> okay. It gets squished, you know, it's got the heavy, it's got two heavyweight scenes on either side. Easy to miss it. And so then they hop in this van and they're driving off and they run over the bad guy and they're like, woo, got him. Yes. <laughs> and so they're driving. And of course he didn't die. He just clung to the bottom. Classic. Classic. <laughs> and so he looks out and the guy's like climbing around the side and he's like, whatever you do, don't stop. And then he just gets out. <laughs> Except when stopping would have thrown the bad guy off. Right, yeah, but he said, don't stop, so she doesn't stop. And she has no free will left. Yeah, exactly. He fucked it out of her. So now she's now getting choked, and he she could have just braked, and well, I guess they would have both flown off. But they're both immortal, so who cares? He ends up knocking him off, and Katana's just like, dang, missed again. And he just does, doesn't chase them. Right. There's no one else He just goes them. back to the shield He's company. He's just like, blah, blah, blah. He just walks back to the shield company because by the time they get to the place where they can climb up, which if you actually plot these coordinates, it's like in the middle of the ocean, east of Virginia Beach. Yeah. It's not in a mountain at all. But they get to the, they're climbing up this mountain, this tunnel inside this mountain. And he's apparently walked all the way back. And at this point, he's taken over the shield company. I can't even just just he takes over the shield company. OK. And so now he's like partners with the scrubs doctor guy whose name is I forget. I could look that up. He's partners with Blake. Blake, the CEO. Blake, the shield CEO Corp. Who, of no last name. Just Blake. I mean, of course, the evil CEO's name is Blake. Probably his second in command is Chad. <laughs> Sorry. And his third in command's Gavin. You know, just white boy names all, all across the board. So he goes back and he's like, he's playing right into our hands. I don't know what hand they're playing. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, sure, sure. No explanation. It's fine. So they get to the top. They come out, and of course, they're above the shield, and it's beautiful. The sun is shining. The sky is blue. There's, there's clouds. Snow, there's mountains. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't bring any scientific instruments. They don't have any way of actually gauging the solar radiation. She could be getting every kind of skin cancer imaginable right now. Of course, it's going to look pretty. It would still look pretty if we didn't have an ozone layer. There's just nothing filtering out the harmful radiation. So we don't bring any anything, nothing. We just literally walk up there and he like licks his finger and holds it up in the wind. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Good. Because that's some good shit right there. That's good. That's good. All right. I've breathed clean air before. I know what it tastes like. So we're good to go. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm tasting it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back down. It's fine. So they go back down. They're like, well, there's only one thing to do now, and that's take down the shield, which only has 
one generator and it's in this one spot and we can drive there right now. <laughs> so they go there and I guess in the non-Renegade version, this final battle is broken up into two chunks. But in the Renegade version, it's remarried back into one. And so even though Sean Connery had his sword, he had the... He stuck it in the ground yeah, before he did the Kamehameha. Right. And we didn't get it back. Um, He has it now. But just, you know, McCloud just had it. You know what? It's like in a video game, sometimes when like the bad guy dies, you get just awarded their stuff. You know, just in the final battle is finished and you get the like, here's how much experience. Here's how much gold pieces. Here's how much like stuff you got. Okay. The alternative is. Bear with me. I'm here <laughs> for you. Okay. Yes. When Ramirez died to the Kurgan, okay. Connor got Ramirez's sword. Yes. And he used that sword all the way through the first movie. Okay. He may still have that sword. It's possible. Right. But we don't we don't ever see it like right. displayed in his apartment or whatever. When Ramirez returns, Ramirez has Ramirez's sword. Yes. Maybe there's two of them now. Oh, they got duplicated with they the power duplicated. of friendship. It's a duplication glitch. Yeah. Ooh, which means if we keep killing Ramirez and bringing him back, we can have an infinite source of weapons. And so Good to know. The, the katana, the sword that... <laughs> the katana. Connor, Connor, <laughs> the sword that Connor has yeah. for the final fight may be... The sword that he received from Ramirez hundreds of years ago. It's possible. But we don't ever explain that. No. Why would we? And I feel like they didn't have Connor get his sword when Ramirez was around just for the situation where they both pull out the same sword and everyone's like, hey, uh, uh why are there two copies oh, of that crap. unique sword? We got a bug to patch. <laughs> Hold on. Let's test the metal in these. Oh, why is one of these 500 years older than the other? <laughs> Would it get stuck in an infinite loop? Or maybe when Ramirez died, his sword that regenerated with him returned to oh, Connor. Maybe, maybe Connor's sword disappeared when ramirez materialized that's it you've gone mad i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> we're gonna leave it right there but he has the sword that's what matters because the only way he can defeat katana is with a katana and so now he has a katana so katana can he's get named katana. for his weakness yes <laughs> and i love how this entire movie everybody calls connor mcleod the highlander everyone's like i need the, the only highlander. thing that the highlander means is that he's from the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> Highlander has no association with immortal. No. He's just always nicknamed the Highlander. Right. Because it's an attribute of Connor McLeod that you can use as a nickname. Right. And his name is the his name is Connor McLeod, but he doesn't have a Scottish accent. There's literally nothing to indicate oh, no, that he's he from the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> and yet everyone keeps referring to him as 
the Highlander. If anybody should be the Highlander, it's Ramirez, because when he is dying in the fan room, they play Amazing Grace. (laughs) On the bagpipes. So the highlight of this movie, there's three scenes that make, this is why I watch this for this. The Taylor scene, when he walks in and gets the suit and they keep trying to make it tartan and they, he ends up slapping the guy who keeps putting tartan on him. Yeah. The plane scene with Ramirez on a plane. And the safety video. And the safety video. The whole plane scene, the whole plane concept of this dude from the 1500s suddenly being on a plane and not even knowing they existed yesterday. And then the fan scene where we play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. <laughs> For the Egyptian immortal For guy. For the Egyptian immortal guy. I love how they just du- they just dumped the whole Egyptian thing. They were like, you know how he's supposed to be Egyptian by way of Spain? And he just showed up in, in Scotland to take care of Connor McLeod? Yeah, forget all of that, because Sean will not do a different accent. We've asked. It's in his contract, and he still won't do it. So we're just going to make him Scottish. It's fine. <laughs> just one more thing they retconned yes. about the original, the first movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but within, in a, like, switch-o, change-o, like, extra-leveled-up, legendary reverse, reverse <laughs> thing, we just pretend this movie never existed. Ever. I mean, there's a huge, there's like six movies. There's an animated television show, which the animated television show references this. If anything references it, it's this. Because, oh, because the guy gets teleported to Zeist. Yeah, because yeah. it takes place on Zeist. But other than that, they were just like, sorry, guys. So sorry. Just, you know what? Let's just all, let's collectively agree that that was, you know what? Connor was tripping. He did something really wild. He went off on a crazy <laughs> trip. And now we're back in reality. You're welcome. Because right. <laughs> Wait, wait, no. He kills. Well, the oh. other movies are even at, in present day. Yeah. They're oh, not nothing. in the year 2024. No, nothing. We, we carry over <laughs> nothing. The only thing that even marginally pretends this movie existed is the animated television show and i think it's like two one to two seasons long and it doesn't have connor or duncan in it, it has a completely third mcleod yes. in it yeah and ramirez ramirez is in it oh he is yeah oh okay well anyway someday we're gonna do a highlander deep dive oh, and I, <laughs> I won't make you re-watch this movie but we might have to watch the animated one the look. I feel like I should take a picture of the look I'm getting right now. Of the look I'm getting right now because it looks really, really painful over there. Anyway, he kills Katana. Back to the movie. With he, a Katana. With a Katana. He Katana's Katana with a Katana. And then he gets the like five second long quickening because Katana's like 15 minutes old. And then he's like, oh. He just, he just doesn't have a lot to give. Then he hears... <laughs> He hears Ramirez, it will take the power of both of you to bring this down. And he's like, oh, I get it. And he just walks into the beam. By himself. <laughs> By himself. <laughs> well, we pull this again. We we pull this again in Highlander Endgame. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a huge spoiler. Have you seen Highlander uh, yeah. Endgame? Yeah, where Connor tells <laughs> Dunk. If anybody hasn't seen Highlander Endgame, you might want to skip forward like two minutes. 
But that's when Connor dies because Duncan kills him because only together can they defeat this guy, but they can't fight together because that's against against the the rules. rules. And so Duncan kills Connor and absorbs his chi or whatever. So, all right, no, we're done with the spoiler now. So he walks into this beam and he takes down the shield just by like, if you threw anything organic in a high powered beam, it would effectively disrupt it. I guess that's what we're going for. But he's fine at the end of it. He's like, ooh, yeah, I've had worse quickenings. It's fine. And we free the world, the end. And Matt was like, is there going to be massive waves of agoraphobia? Because these people have grown up with this like protective shield and now it's gone. There's open sky. And there hasn't been any kind of information about the fact that it's okay now. So as far as anybody's concerned, if they go outside... The life-saving shield has disappeared. Right. And they're all going to burn to death. Yeah, because nobody knows everything's okay now. You're going to have this whole generation of people that's like, oh, God. Oh, God, it's going to happen again. (laughs) The entire (laughs) world's going to burn. (laughs) Oh, But it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. That's what this movie has been telling me this entire time. Everybody wins. It's okay. I don't know what happened back on the planet Zeist. (laughs) Who knows? Who cares? So this movie has three different endings. Would you like to know what the three different endings are? Please tell me. So depending on the version, there are three endings. The original finale with McLeod smiling at Louise Marcus. The finale showing McLeod and Louise kissing beside the lake and the one where McLeod says goodbye to Louise while levitating and then she asks if she can go with him and he agrees and they both fly off as shooting stars. Those are the options. (laughs) You could get platonic, make out, or celestial. celestial. Those are your three options. Maybe that's them both together going to zeist yeah i think it is or to the past or whatever or whatever or whatever the end so that was highlander (laughs) 2 i love bad movies they're so much fun to to just it shall never be discussed again (laughs) (laughs) until we do highlander 3 and highlander 4 and highlander the source you know what i won't make you do an episode-by-episode review of Highlander, the television show. Because that's that eight seasons long or something. That show re- lasted a long time. It came out the same year as Forever Night. They both started in 1992. Oh. But I think it ran till 2000. Which is wild when you think about it. Because it was the exact same episode over and over again. The only thing that changed was who was the bad guy. <laughs> Who's the new immortal? Who's the bad guy? Yeah. Except the last season, they were like, maybe we should try that whole, like, continuous storyline thing. And it didn't turn out that great. But that's okay. I think I've worn Matt out. He's just staring at me like his brain is tired from not thinking. <laughs> like, you know, it's like um, when you have to not comment on something that you desperately want to. That's what it feels like. Like. Yeah, I'm exerting energy to restrain myself. Yeah, I want to reach into this movie and just make it make sense. And it's never going to make sense. It bombed. It completely bombed. Uh, uh, Duh. Yeah. (laughs) Like horrifically bombed. There was an original screenplay, which is the one everybody actually signed on to be in. And it actually 
included, let's see, three assassins came after McLeod, not two. Okay. They arrived during an elaborate wine tasting sequence, and we included the Kurgan because it was implied that the Kurgan was another assassin sent back to kill Connor McLeod. So it's more like they've been trying to kill him all along instead of waiting until he was an old dude and then trying to kill him. Well, that that takes care of the the mystery uh, from the first movie. Where how did he? Just how know? did the Kurgan know? Yeah. And we also talk. We also got to see Ramirez and Connor in their reincarnated Earth identities, like in Egypt and then in Scotland. And I would pay actual money to see Sean Connery <laughs> playing, playing his Egyptian origin story. Playing Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, the ancient Egyptian with a Scottish accent. I would pay <laughs> so much money to have seen that. I'm sorry, Sir Sean, but that would have been I, I would have I would have died. We would probably watch it weekly. And just, honey, <laughs> I, I need a pick me up. Do you need Sean? Do you need Sean in, in eyeliner again? I need Sean in eyeliner again. <laughs> <laughs> I almost think including the, I don't know. I don't think there's a way. I, I, I can see what they were thinking they were going to do, which was to provide like, why do these Highlanders exist? Why do these immortals exist? Right. And give a, I guess, continuing conflict. Cause yeah. Once they're all gone, all of the conflict with the immortals is gone. Right. Although they kind of pull something similar with the Highlander TV show. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, like the last 20 minutes of the first movie yeah. didn't happen. That's not like a thing. Because the entire planet, the entire planet is full of immortals. Yeah. We basically kill one immortal a week for eight seasons let's say six seasons because and so let's say there's 25 episodes a season yeah so we really kill 200 yeah 200 new immortals uh yeah so the highlander this has always bothered i like i like the highland i like the whole highlander franchise don't get me wrong but they kept writing themselves into an end and then having to invent a way to continue the franchise. So Highlander 2, well, they made. It happened. Like a train wreck or a car accident. It just happened. And then and we then don't talk about we it. We don't talk about it. And then we go to the third one, which is really the second one. And they were like, well, Connor's older now. He's kind of settled. Brenda died in a car accident. He's lonely. But he's still mortal because he's still the last right. one. And I thought this was a much clever like reactivation yeah. Than the second movie. Right. Well, everything just full but stop. We're not going to give. Let's not give spoilers on. Oh, Highlander oh, okay. 3 you're because right. Because we haven't. You're right. Covered it yet. But we we when we start Highlander three, they literally were just like, let's all agree that the second one didn't happen, and move on. Let's just move on. Uh, and I just feel like there was so much more we could have done with this franchise, which is why I really hope the reboot actually happens. Yeah, I'm. I just. I don't care who's in it at this point. I just give somebody a sword and a script, and make it, please, because I want to see what we could do with it with our more modern budgets, our more modern sensibility of what makes a good story. Our, I feel like the estimation of what an audience can comprehend 
and what the complexity of the story that a audience wants is much higher now. Right. I think one of the things that's happened with like YouTube podcasts and a lot of the streaming platforms run producing their own content, they've realized, oh, viewers like really complex stories. Well done. Yes. Well done complex stories and people's attention spans are a lot longer than we thought for good content. Yeah. Because people listen to hour long podcasts. Yeah. And people You're welcome. People watch multiple hour long YouTube videos of people just talking about things and people binge watch, you know, 10 episode series on streaming platforms all in one go. Yeah. And and continue to do that do that because it's so enjoyable and fulfilling. Right. And so they're starting they're really producing a lot more of that kind of content now. Yes, absolutely. All right. I guess we'll leave it here. I hope you all enjoyed laughing your way through this movie the way we did. <laughs> so remember <laughs> I need to get this movie out of my head. (laughs) So remember, sometimes the strangest things and the horriblest movies are the most beautiful too. Sometimes. (laughs) So be who you are and love what you love. Even if you love Highlander too, we still love you because I love Highlander too. (laughs) Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.